Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, welcome back to the Equip You Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And with me today is our friend and sister in Christ, Brooke Bartz. Brooke, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's always good to catch up with you and, and talk. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is always good. We always have good conversations. Yes. Well, <laughs> well can you uh, catch us up on, you know, I think it's been uh, a number of months. I'm not sure how long now, but uh, catch us up on what's been going on in your life, marriage, ministry, and any ministry projects that you're working on. So uh, first off, um, I just want to say we we moved back down here from DFW. We've been here and for about two years. And in the midst of that, we were at a church in Georgetown that sent us out. Um, and that was the heart and the goal um, through the prayer and being sent out by our home church um, to in Georgetown to plant. And so Brad, my husband, planted a church. It's called Sola Bible Church. It's in Temple, Texas. Obviously, um, it's reformed. It's called Sola. So the five Solas. Um, it's exposition. We're going through the book of Mark. And I'm so thankful for my husband. So He's pastoring and I lead the women's ministry and we have a benevolence ministry that I, um, the Lord in his kindness allowed me to start. So we go into the hospital where the first Christian ministry in Scott and white, Baylor Scott and white, and we'll be there Lord willing, as long as they let us, because one of the stipulations was we would obviously share the gospel. It's not a social ministry. It's not a social gospel. So Mm. We go in every month and we refill the nurses um, and doctors break room on the fourth floor, which is the neurological floor, which has the highest burnout rate. And then every three months we will do a project. Um, for instance, for Resurrection Sunday, we took succulents to the staff and the patients. And the amazing thing is that we were able to go into the rooms and Brad was able to pray for um, the patients that wanted it. And I was able to pray for the the women um, patients who were in there um, as I was in there with the women. And so the men were with the men and the women were with the women. So I took um, my lady. So that was really amazing. So we'll do that every three months, go in and um, do a project, go into the room, share, drop off their gift. Um, and then we just got asked um to do the, to be part of the children's hospital at McLean's. So wow. we'll start into there um, every three months. So our first one will be in the fall. Um, we'll do a, like a kind of a fall, get ready for Christmas for them. And then we'll do a big Christmas um, project for them. So I'm excited. So I, I love, I love ministry. I have a 13 year old daughter, so um, she's homeschooled. So um, having her, um, and growing her and, and, you know, in the fear and admonition of the Lord as well. And then hmm. of course I run the open hearts conference, which we're going to talk about. And I'm yeah. an author and we're going to talk about that too. So, but, you know, first and foremost, I'm a wife, a mother, and um, I serve at the church alongside my husband for the women in the ministry. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, any, any updates on your, on your book projects that you want to share or <laughs> you want to keep that in your back pocket or. Probably about 
about three more months. Um, I hope that the second one will be finished. Um, we can talk a little bit a lot about that, but it's hard. This one is harder because as she's growing up, you know, she's in high school in the second book. She was in junior high in the first. Um, she's growing in her spiritual maturity in the Lord and um, being able to apply the truths of scripture. And so you have to write in a character's voice different a little bit from when she's in junior high to high school and introducing new characters. Um, so that's been that's been fun and challenging at the same time, because to write a Christian fiction book in itself with the word of God in context is a very, very big project that I wanted to tackle. And um, I'm thankful for the response and the feedback. You know, I got to come on your show and talk about it. And I you know, got to go on um, Women's Hope through TMU. That was amazing. So Shelby and Kimberly um, interviewed me and they read it. And that was encouraging, you know, that they were um, that they had saw that the fruit, the fruit in the book. Um, so. So, yeah. So that's yeah, yeah, that's what I've been up to. So just being Good. a wife and a mom and, and serving at the church and running the women, women's ministry. Well, we I look forward to getting your copy of your next book so that we can <laughs> talk about it again. And talk about that one. I mean, when it comes up, just to be clear. So All right, you got so, it. Yeah. So <laughs> you you were you were just mentioning, you know, the Open Hearts Conference. Uh, tell us a little bit about that ministry, and then what is the theme of this year's conference? What are the dates? Where la can ladies watch? Yeah. So I started that um, right. I mean, the pandemic had, well, I say pandemic. COVID had um, hit, and. We were all, that was when everyone was staying inside. It was very brand new. And I thought, you know, if women are at home, there are women that are unbelievers, obviously, that are at home now. People aren't going to jobs. This is a great opportunity to fill their hearts and their minds with the truth of God's word through sound women teachers, because I knew that the Jenny Allens and the Jen Hatmakers and the Ann Voss Camps and the Priscilla Schreiers, I could go on, you know, that the youth yep. gathering, all of those things, that that would be a prime way for them to really get into the hearts of women. Right. Um, and, mm. you know, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but, you know, we talk about weak willed women, those women that are tossed to and fro and then they were coming into their houses in scripture um, and they were taking them captive to the sins that were burdened by the, their, their flesh. And, and so I thought, you know, this is a way that false teachers can really, really get into the hearts and minds of these ladies now because they are in a place where they're now having to take care of their kids or kids aren't at school. Um, you know, of course, we saw alcoholism go up. We saw abuse go up. We saw because. Um, people are fearful without hope in Christ Jesus. And, and so when you put something like that and there's this world closing down and people think everyone's dying and you're scared to open your door for groceries. And I mean, you, you know, toilet paper's disappearing off the shelves. People are, there's just this panic um, that's built on chaos. And, you know, we have our hope in Christ, right? That's where our settled confidence and peace is, is that this world is not our home, that Christ is going to return He's going to take those up to be with him. Um, and then he's going to he's going to come back and he's going to deal out his justice. Um, and so I knew that women would be so inclined to reach out to anything that they thought would give them any kind of peace or hope. And it's not grounded in the word of God, obviously, with false teachers. And so I wanted 
a conference I knew where we could hold their attention through the, obviously through the word of God with these sound women teachers coming to them. Um, You know, one of the convictions I had that the conference would never, no one would ever pay for the conference. All my teachers are volunteer. Um, You know, hymnology, Phil Webb is doing the worship this year. He's leading, um, doing an introduction. Um, The only thing in the past that we had to pay for was the first two years when we used City of Light, we paid for um, the worship. Um, And that was a choice that, that, that Brad and I wanted to do. And so the, so we did that as the conference grew. Um, we, we asked if people wanted to donate to open hearts for the hundred percent, which was for the, um, the artists who ever led worship. And that's what it went to. And Susan and I had a great conversation because she had always told me, you know, you don't want this to always stay a parachurch ministry. You want to be, and I said, no, Brad is over it. Obviously he's my, you know, I I trust my husband. He's a godly leader. Um, And I knew that Brad um, in God's kindness and mercy was working towards, you know, God um, opening the door for him to pastor. And that when that happened with our church, that, um, you know, we wouldn't need anything. We wouldn't need any funds from even to pay for the worship leaders because our church would take that on no matter how small or big it was, God would provide. And so he has. And so um, we took down the merchandise. We took down, um, because all of that was still going, if you bought that to go towards the the um, the singers, that's the only thing we paid. And so I'm so thankful to the Lord for how he provides. So Open Hearts was started during that time. Um, we now have over 100,000 views. We, we re-reached ladies in 90 countries um, and counting. And no one pays anything. There's no registration. There's no online fee for anything. Um, and that was a conviction that I had that I didn't want any lady to be able not to attend the conference if it was because of finances. The beauty of a conference online, which I was the first women's ministry to even come up with the idea to bring multiple teachers together, was because in real life, it's hard to travel to the location um, it costs money to stay in a hotel. It costs money. And most of the time to get women together that are sound teachers all at the same time for a conference, to have them take away from their life, their ministries. Some are pastor's wives, some are, you know, elder's wives. Um, they have children to have them come and take their time and bring them all together. I knew we wouldn't reach the amount of women we could reach if we did it online. And I knew that COVID was the perfect time. And so I got together with my good friend, um, Lauren Herford, who is still a very dear friend. Um, and we, um, I told her about the idea and the Lord just opened the door from there. Um, Aaron came on, Susan came on. Um, Marcy was there the first year. Michelle was there the first year and, um, Penny, my mentor and, and the Lord just grew the conference from there. And I'm thankful because, you know, we, we've added Martha. Um, we've added, um, we've added Martha and um, Kim and Shelby came on. And so it's been a, it's been a wonderful lineup. And so we do it every year. It's online, no cost, no registration. You stream it through AGTV. Um, David, David Knight um, exposit the word. And then we have a YouTube for people who don't have AGTV. Um, that you can watch it. Once the conference is up, it's always up. So the previous ones are still there. They're still on AGTV. Um, and ladies get together 
with their churches. They have watch groups. They have um, youth ministry where they have their teen girls. They do it on conference retreats. I've been sent pictures of ladies up in the mountains and they're at this cabin and their retreat is watching open hearts um, for the days and and being able to do that. And and that's just, that's just the Lord and his goodness and kindness for his word to go forth and to be taught by sound women teachers is what we need um, because so many churches do not have, and it's not set up in a biblically ordained way where the elders are over the women's ministry and the women are teaching only the women. Um, And because women have spiritual gifts, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit, but That's why I started the conference. I knew that women needed sound teachers and I wanted to reach them through the TV since we were all at home. And I wanted to get as many women as, as I, as that were, that I, that I was able to that first year that were sound um, and not take away from their lives. They can record and they go back to their ministry. I do all the work behind the scenes. I have a great creative director, Jessica Wigno, who helps with graphics and um, Lauren did the technical side for, a couple of years and Arlenis is doing it now and she is a social media director for Grace. And so um God has just continued to open the door wider for the conference to to reach more women and for more promotions and sponsorship. Um sponsorship in that they they don't pay us anything and we don't give them any they just we get to promote their resources and they trust us. So um TMU, um the essential church, um we're, we're going to promo that we're going to promo. Um, we've got AGTV. We've got Mike Gendron this year. We've got the word unleashed with Tom Pennington. We got Excel Ministries. So the Lord continues to just open these doors for us to be able to, um, reach people with sound resources, women with sound resources. And then I also wanted to promote our women's resources because I know that the women that I have teaching are sound. And so that's what we need. We need more sound female teachers and, and I would say even um, authors. And that's very hard to find. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, why did you, well, what is the theme and why did you and the team select this theme? So the conference this year, it's always in July. Um, it's usually the second week. So the, sorry, the conference is July 10th through the 14th. It's from 830 to 11 central standard time. Um, and so every day we have two teachers, we have worship, two teachers, we have worship, a teacher, a 10 minute break, a teacher, and then we're done. And then the final day we do a Q&A. Um, our Q&A this year is, is, both, is both sessions. It'll go into both sessions. I think it did last year too. Um, but then you can watch it whenever it's recorded. So it's always there. So that's why I say women watch it at a later time if they need to, or in the comfort of their home with coffee or, or with a group of ladies at their house, or even as a church event. So ladies, it's July 10th through the 14th, no cost, no registration. And this year, the theme is growing in godliness in a godless generation. Um, and so I picked the verse, 2 Peter 3.18, knowing that... Um, Growing in godliness in this time, in the context of what Peter's talking about, he's talking about um, false teachers, and we see a reference um, to what those look like in the end days as well. And, you know, godliness in this time, the reason that I chose this is because what we see with women with godly is we're to be righteous, we're to be holy, um, we're to be godly, we're to be set apart, we're to be... um, you know, blameless and, and lights in this generation, in the start generation. 
and shine that way. And what we see with women is radical feminism, LGBTQ, transgender, um, not being submissive to their husbands. Um, you know, obviously that is not godliness. Um, that is not what excellence looks like in a godly woman. And I knew that more and more we're seeing our children and women indoctrinated by the evils of this world and, and understanding that we need to be able to talk to our girls, our teen girls. We need to be able to share the word of God with them boldly and unashamed and mm. train them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And we need to be growing in the truth of the word of God. And so you just see more and more women compromising on godliness and um, more and more women coming out from under the protection of their husbands and under the, the order that Christ has, that he is the head of the church, man is the head of the woman. And then woman obviously is the helpmate to her husband. And we see that just thrown out the window. Godliness is thrown out the window. Um, and so I wanted a conference that would talk on what it means to be godly in this generation for both our teens and for us as women in Christ. And so I'm excited about the what each lady is teaching on because it's going to, it's going to cover so many things of what godliness is. Um, and so, uh, but the, the verse that I chose second Peter grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ now until the day of eternity. Amen. Grace and knowledge. What does that look like in godliness in regards to how we're to stand against the world with false teachers? So I thought that was a good thing because we see false teachers more and more and more. Right. Um, and the twisting of the scripture and distorting it. And women are just falling hook, line and sinker. So it was important to, to be able to help these women stand against the culture, transgender, the lies of feminism and being woke and what it looks like to be godly as a woman. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say, I, I didn't say this earlier when you were talking about the ministry, but I'm, I'm so thankful for uh, this ministry. In fact, I recommend you guys all the time. Uh, check this, check out what, you know, the ladies, how the Lord is using ladies at open hearts. You know, Marcy and I are pretty good friends now. Um, you know, Susan and I are becoming pretty good friends as well. And of course you and I are pretty good friends. And so, you know, like this guys, th this is, if, if you're a guy, send your wife to this, you know, conference. <laughs> you know, it, it, they don't even have to leave the house, you know? That's right. So, so if you're a lady, you, you should definitely be tuning into this conference, but, but above and I just want to say that I'm probably say a little bit more later in, in a little bit towards the end, but uh, I, I just wanted to say, it's so awesome to hear you know, when when people talk about numbers, people get uncomfortable, right? About that, mm -hmm. but but we can just say that that is the Lord. You know, we That's can just right. say that that numbers represent. I just say it this way, and and it helps some people that are that are uh, a little sensitive to this. You know, numbers represent real people, and real people are being helped by that. So you know, we can just say, you know, thank God for that. You know, thank yes. the Lord. You know, it's all for His glory. So it wasn't something that, you know, you sought out or whatever. It was the Lord that that did it. And so, you know, like MacArthur, we know, says you focus on, you know, the I think it's the breadth or the no, wait, it's focus on the depth of your ministry and God will take care of the, the breadth of your ministry. And so, you know, it's it's true. You know, just focus on the Bible, focus on teaching the Bible, you know, and I know we're going to talk about that here in a little bit as well, but. I think I'm just really encouraged by that, you know, because, 
you know, it's it's needed and it's important. Like you're saying, there's so much false teaching. I mean, you know, the more that I I speak out about, it, I'm like, man, there's just so much. There's yeah. just so much, and it's 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 um it's really discouraging, but it's also encouraging because we have to get a spine in these days, and we have to we have to say some things maybe that that are well they're always uncomfortable but they're Mm. but that's true if they're true according to god's word if they're true according to what the church has taught then we better say them and we better just say it you know in love in love of course but truthfully in love with the aim of correcting as paul says in second timothy 2 24 and 25 with correcting opponents with gentleness It, it this isn't about this isn't going to be about browbeating this is about correcting opponents in love and um, you know, I, I see that with, with you guys as well. And so that's, uh, it's really encouraging, you know, and women need that. I mean, we, we have so many, well, not only, I don't want to just say women, but men as well, supporting, you know, like you were saying, uh, social justice and wokeism and, you know, the new apostolic reformation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have all these issues on gender and sexuality in, in, inside our own camp. And the church, uh, and so we need women need uh, Titus two type of ministries to help them to be a resource. So that's what that's why I'm thankful for open hearts. Yes, and you know you you mentioned the breadth and and the way that I look at it is the more women that we reach, the more women get to now know these women that that love them and are have spiritual gifts to teach and are teaching sound theology to women. And so the more that we can reach, the more that hopefully will be swayed from what they were reading um, yeah. and that they would start looking to sound women and want to grow in the truth of that. And so I'm, I'm thankful the Lord continues. It's only by his grace and mercy and it's only his divine hand <clears throat> from before time that, that um, is allowing this conference to be and sustaining it and continuing to grow it. And so we give all glory to the Lord for that. And um, I'm amazed at his, just his kindness to continue to open more doors and for salvation for women. Um, Some of the stories that when they write in are just amazing to hear how God has strengthened them and even saved them because they heard the gospel through this conference. And so, um, cause we, we share, we share the gospel extensively, um, throughout the conference. And so, yeah, yeah. we're thankful to how God continues to use it. Yeah. Well, who are, you've mentioned a little bit about the speakers, but maybe you can say a little bit more about them, each one of them. Yeah. So the, the first day, um, I teach and then Susan teaches and, um, of course, Susan has a worldwide ministry. She has books. She has memorized um, massive amounts of scripture, the New Testament. She's um, she's very humble, but she's also very bold and um, encourages women to, she does, she tells it like it is. And I think that is why I get along so well with Susan. One of the many reasons um, and we did get to meet in person. Um, she oh, came at, at Countryside Bible and I was with Penny, um, who also teaches in the conference, and she's been my mentor for over 14 years. And her husband is an elder at Countryside. We met for coffee in South Lake, Texas, before the conference started, and I got to hug her and sit with her and 
It was more than I could ever have imagined the conversation. Um, and once again, I was just immediately just in awe of God's kindness um, and spurred on. So, so there's Susan. Um, and so I encourage every woman to go get her resources. Um, there's no fluff. The word is clear, concise, precise. And um, yeah, I'm thankful for her. Um, and then the second day is Kimberly Cummings. And she is a pastor's wife. She is also on the Women's Hope podcast out of TMU. Our story is really interesting, too. Um, we kind of started following each other. And then <clears throat> I think one day Kim and I were messaging. It was kind of my first time to really message her. I was so excited. And I think I said, hey, would you like to talk sometime? And she said, yes. So we talked um, on the phone for a while. and. Um, I had asked him to be part of the conference and I realized that in that conversation um, that she was, um, she was testing me. She was seeing who I was. My character was really what I had portrayed. Um, if I knew scripture, it, she, she vetted me and um, I'm very thankful for that um, because she took the time to see what it was really about um, open hearts as well as all the other ladies, you know, what do you believe what is your theology? What do you believe about this? So I'm thankful we're all in line. All the ladies are 100% in line. So I met Kim and we've been friends ever since then. And um, I was so excited. I was supposed to go up and meet them in California. And um, I got sick. And so I, I know the welcome is still there, but we were going to stay at the house. I was excited, but God has his timing and his plan. And I get to see these women if not in person, at least when we FaceTime and in the conference and talk. So that's good. And, and I can reach out to her anytime on the phone for wisdom. And, and I need that because she's a pastor's wife as well, as well as Susan. And then um, Marcy Farrell, and she's the thankful homemaker. And women know her through the Bar podcast and just her heart for making um, home, you know, a sanctuary for, um, for women to be able to love their husbands and their children and to grow up. Um, so I met Marcy, um, she came on and I'm thankful for her ministry. I know it's reached so many women and, um, day three is Aaron Coates and Aaron and I met before, um, COVID we were talking, I think we've been friends for probably almost four and a half, maybe five years on on Instagram, I sent her a copy of my first book, Chronic Love. Um, she started following me because she saw that I kept quoting and about MacArthur and I think Lawson and Sound Pastors. And she was like, well, let's see if this lady's for real. So we became friends instantly when we talked. Got to walk through the whole thing with her, with James, um, just texting her um, every night when he was in prison and us talking back and forth. Um, I've still never met her in person. Um, but I love her dearly. And she reminds me so much of myself because she's young and bold, um, but grounded in the word. And we both have great mentors in our life as older godly women. So Aaron and I became quick friends um, and we do a podcast together, the Open Hearts podcast, which is right. on the Bar Network. Um, we're working through Second Timothy and we also have it on AGTV. It's streamed as well there and um, on the YouTube. So we do it um, talking face-to-face. -face. So I get to catch up with Aaron once a month, face-to-face, -face, not in person, but face-to-face. -face. Um, so of course, Aaron teaches and I'm so thankful for her. And then Martha Pease, the very first time I heard Martha, I was um, 
a pretty young believer at Countryside. She came and spoke at our conference and um, I wanted to meet her, but I was so, so scared. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to pray that if the Lord wants me to meet this woman someday and talk to her, that it's going to happen. And, um, and now she teaches in the conference. So to see God just, you know, hear that prayer, uh, because it was, I wanted to grow in godliness. I read The Excellent Wife. That is what transformed my heart um, when I first became a Christian and got married because I did not understand submissiveness. I was not submissive. Um, I'd come from a, a very bad past with previous relationships and becoming a Christian and understanding my role as a helpmate to my husband and gentleness and quiet spirit and submissiveness and a homemaker was foreign to me. And I remember reading Martha's book and was just so thankful. Um, and God used that to to grow me. And so when she came to spoke at Countryside's Women event, I was so excited. But I didn't meet her. I was too nervous. And mm-hmm. so getting to meet her now, still not face to face, but to talk to her, just amazed at God's kindness to open that door for Martha to teach. And of course, she has the excellent wife, which is the side to um, Stuart Scott's exemplary husband, Attitudes of a Transformed Heart. Um, <clears throat> she has many books and resources. So Martha came on to teach. Of course, she's certified as an ACBC counselor and Kim is as well. Um, and Susan is. And so we have that knowledge of wealth as well for women. So what a great resource, right? And yeah. so um, Thursday um, is, um, so I've done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Okay. Thursday is um, Michelle Leslie and Penny Amack. Penny Amack is my mentor. Her husband is a elder at Countryside. Uh, she wrote the foreword to my first book, Chronic Love. Um, and I just grow, I just am so thankful. She taught me how to be a homemaker. She taught me that a home is a sanctuary, how to love my husband, but she also taught me the attributes and the character of God so that I could go home and model that to my daughter and my child and to my daughter and to my husband. And so I'm thankful for Penny's mentorship. Um, so she teaches in the conference and, um, and then um, Michelle Leslie, and of course she has a word fitly spoken um, podcast and she is very good with um discerning false teachers. She's very bold in that aspect, um, but she's also wonderful with homemaking as well. Um, and I think that that should encompass always a woman, right? Like she needs to be godly in, in every aspect of her life. And so um, these women, you know, they model that. And so Michelle teaches as well. And then we have the Q&A on Friday with the panel. And this year, the panel is myself, Martha, Michelle and Kim. And so we talk about a lot of the things that you're probably going to ask me about next. So that is who teaches in my conference. Yeah. Conference too. Um, she yeah. wasn't able to these last year, but um, yes. And so she, she brings a wealth of wisdom to yeah. the conference as well. So all yeah. very, all very nice ladies. I don't know Penny and I don't know, Martha, oh. but uh, I've had Michelle, I've talked with Michelle on here all very nice godly women and so uh so thankful that you know you have so many quality women it's encouraging because you know when i look at what's being published for women i mean even for men just published in general it's very discouraging you know what what is out there and so um it's very very encouraging to me 
that there are women that are solid. They're not going to compromise. They just want to teach the word. They just want to serve people in their local church and even the broader body of Christ. So, you know, we we have seen a lot of comments from a lot of different people in the the last little bit here, the last few months, maybe a little bit longer. And it seems, you know, it like I was I was saying about open hearts, what it encourages me. This really, to be honest, it discourages me. Mm. Um, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a husband, you know, I love my wife. I want to see her, you know, flourish in the word. I encourage her to study theology. Um, you know, any questions that she has, she knows she can come to me and she knows that, you know, I'm gonna give her you know, a solid answer, even if she disagrees with me, you know, she's going to get a biblically solid answer. She's going to get a good theological answer. She's going to get more than she asked for. And, you know, because I want to make sure that, you know, she really knows the things. That's right. And so uh, this question, um, you know, is is geared towards towards, you know, what we've seen recently. What most concerns you about these disparaging comments geared towards women learning theology? So first of all, I want to just say right off the bat that my husband is my spiritual leader. Um, He washes me with the word daily. He encourages me to study the word, to know the word, to apply the word, to live out the word, um, because the word of God is theology. We are studying God's word and the way we study it is the only is the only means we need is through his word which is god breathed by the holy spirit that god had men he chose to pen the scriptures his words and so from the beginning to the end from genesis to revelation the word is alive and active and um and and we're equipped um by the word and so when we look at scripture all we need to see right from the very get-go, is that theology is the study of God's Word. We cannot break it up into different categories because those things tend to overlap anyways. Because if we are studying God's Word, then we are growing in one way, and that is in sanctification. Um, And that is with the fruit of the Spirit, and that is the good works that we will walk in. And So when we look at God's word, we understand that our salvation is our own personal salvation. God saved me, not on the basis of what my husband has taught me, not on the basis of any works that I have done, but because before time he predetermined that I would be elected before time to be his child. Um, And because he chose me, He gave me the spirit, which is what he does. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And that is our counselor or comforter. And that is how we grow in the word. As we read it, our minds are transformed by the renewing of our mind. What are we reading? We're reading the word of God. How are we changed? How are we a tree planted deep with roots, right? That that yields its fruit by the word of God. And so as women, when we read the word of God, just like a man, um, because God called both men and women. And therefore, if he called both men and women and chose both genders to be his child, he gave us the exact same word to study from and to grow from. And the word does not change. And the word clearly states that women are to teach. 
Um, and so we could stop right there because then you get into a nuance of, well, what does what does a homemaker look like and 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 what does a women's spiritual gift look like at church? Well, we understand that spiritual gifts are given to both men and women. Um, we understand that spiritual gifts are the teaching and the serving gifts. We understand that they're used in different roles. I do not teach men. Um, the church that we go to, obviously the word commands that women are to be taught by men. We're not to um, usurp or um, teach a man or have authority over men, um, that we have a pastor, we have elder, those are men's. We see the qualifications of that is that for a husband to um, have one wife. So therefore a man is a teacher. Um, he is the one that God has called to um, steward the church, to to um, wash the bride, to be able to get the bride ready um, through the word of God. And we see that the, that Christ is the head of the church um, and the husband is the head of the wife. And so we understand our roles are different, but we also understand that just as a spirit gifted, he did not put a limit on what teaching means through the word of God. Meaning if, if a man is to understand theology different than a woman, then that is not the same spirit because we've been given the same word. And so the Holy Spirit doesn't pick and choose what women and men are to learn. Therefore, that is theology, the study of the word of God. And so when we're told that women shouldn't learn theology or study theology or be taught by theology um, by women, the Bible clearly tells us that the spiritual gifts are to be used in the church. And if God has given women spiritual gifts, um, and, and those become teaching and serving, then some women will have teaching gifts and she will use those in the church. And who is to say what that um, our, 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 our command, our, the word is what we look to, to see how we are to teach. And as long as we are teaching truths from the word of God, then we are teaching theology. And so we, you know, I know why you're bringing this up because, you know, we had a um, there's been some things floating around that um, Dale Partridge had said and, and others in his camp um, that women are not to overtake a man in learning. Um, and, you know, I, I had a discussion with my husband this morning about this again before I came on. And, and you know, he said, um, he said, when you study the word, when you read the word, I want to encourage you in that because that is how you learn to be a more godly wife and how to use the gifts God's given you and how you grow in your sanctification. And, um, and my husband is a pastor and he wants me to be able to know the word because I will be held accountable for what I teach women in the women's ministry. Of course, I'm under the headship of my husband and the elders and I don't teach men, but I am called if I have the spiritual gift that the spirit has imparted to teach um, women. And, um, you know, Titus 2, we have, you know, what, um, you know, women are to teach the younger wives to be gentle, submissive, loving, you know, not addicted to much wine, not slandering, so they don't malign the word of God. Um, and all of those things we look at, and all of those things do not just pertain to me staying at home and cooking in the kitchen. They pertain to me, um, being wise and discerning, able to, to help my under, my daughter understand what the world system is, 
um, how to put off and put on, understanding the character and attributes of God. So when I face a trial, I can pull the word from my heart and understand what he says in the midst of great difficulty, that he's sovereign, that he's good, that he's holy, that he's omnipotent, that he's omniscient. That is theology. And those things do not help me cut up a chicken. I can cut up a chicken and I can still understand that God's word is is what I live by and how I am to grow in righteousness and godliness as a Proverbs 31 woman, as a woman who loves the Lord and to use the gifts in the role that God's called me to at the church to be able to grow up my women and to grow up my daughter in the faith. And the spirit does not suppress why would we suppress? Meaning if God has given us the spirit and we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, my personal sanctification and my growth is what I will stand for before the Lord and and for the, the works that he's called me to walk in, not my husband. It's not on the merit of my husband or anything. It's me knowing the word of God. And the more that I know the word of God, obviously the deeper knowledge that I'm going to have. And the ironic thing is the more that women learn the word of God and are taught the word of God by both godly men, like their pastors, reading, applying it themselves, and through women teachers who have that spiritual gift, is that the natural overflow is to understand how to love your husband more, how to love your children more, how to um, be godly, um, and that is where the, the beauty of the gospel and the role of women to be helpmates to their husband. And so I would encourage women to study all the more because that only through the spirit gives you the wisdom. It makes your conscience more alive to where you're seeing the truths and you can make decisions based on wisdom in all areas of your life, you know? And so when my husband is is not with me and I am faced with a challenge or a temptation or a trial, I have to know the word of God to be able to use it to stand against the enemy and the darts and the doubt and the fear and the flesh coming in to try to, um, to twist the word to where I understand God's word and what it says. And so this is how I handle this situation. This verse tells me this, the Proverbs, make me wise. They tell me this. And so I want my daughter to know how to exposit a text. I want her to know how to walk out and to, when she is faced with a challenge, to be able to pull up the word of God. If all I'm teaching her is to grow a garden and pull vegetables, which are beautiful things, we do those too. But if that's all that I have, then how can she stand in a world that is dark and is continually pulling at her with temptations and trials. And, you know, we can't put ourselves in a, in a Christian bubble and just say, my husband is, is the one that is to, he is not going to stand before the Lord for me. I am, and I'm called to, to grow in godliness. And the word makes that very clear that, um, we are all to know God and to study his word and to love him. It's a light into our path, right? Um, yeah. It's the, the counsel that we were comforted. Um, we're comforted by the scriptures and it's for training, rebuking. And the pastor does that and edification. And it's for 
are good and he disciplines us when we don't use the word of God. And so why would we not use the word of God to grow in the means that he given us, which is through sanctification, through the spirit, both men and women. If God didn't want women to grow, if God didn't want there to be spiritual maturity, then he would have only said men can grow and men can be spiritually mature. Uh, but he doesn't say that. He tells us we're all to grow up in the word. Yeah. So what you're what you're drawing out is a couple of things. R.C. Sproul used to say that ideas have consequences. And you're just showing that ideas have consequences. They lead to yes. something. They produce something. You know, yes. Theology is not just for the people think, oh, well, theology is for the ivory tower, right? But it's it's actually for us. If theology is the study of God. As R.C. Sproul also said, you're either a good theologian or a bad theologian. Right. And that means that means that theology produces fruit in our lives. What we believe leads to something. It leads either to godliness or ungodliness. And right. the question, the question that you have to ask, we have to ask is, does that idea produce godliness? And when you look at what's happening uh, in, in these uh, men's lives and in the teaching that they're offering, I would suggest no. Um, I think we we would agree. I think many yeah. people who most people who listen to this podcast would would say yeah. And and beyond that though, like it's just like if I tell my wife, no, you're not going to advance beyond me in a theology, or be, I'm not going to let you read that book. You know what she's going to do? She's probably going to go read that book. I mean, I just I just know my wife. Um, and you know, then then we're going to talk about it. But I, but I would never say that we, my wife and I, we have conversations about, we have conversations about the news. We have com right. them, the Bible. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, she, we Absolutely. talk about, we talk about what's what I'm covering on the show. We talk about the magazine. Um, we talk about, you know, my books. We, we talk about everything. And yeah. it's like, it's like, wait a minute. Part of your job as a, as a husband is to love your wife and, how is that? That that's a command in Ephesians. It 5. is. It's, it's six times in the Greek. We're told five is. times in the ESV, six times in the Greek. Um, that's not a that when God says something once, that's a that's that's enough. When He says something six times, uh, that's when you should uh, you should get to doing it. You know, and I think the other concern we were talking about this, you know, before we recorded. I think there's an actual lack of understanding of the difference between a man and a woman and then mm -hmm. the suggestion that you and i would have and probably most of the people that listen to the show on complementarian theology i think that's really at the heart of this discussion you know and um those 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 are clearly defined issues scripturally they're clearly defined issues that have been defined throughout the history of the church and to suggest that that view it, it is a problem and that it produces, you know, weak, effeminate men or something like that. Now, now I'll say something about that just real quick. If if it's not practiced in a healthy under biblically qualified elders, yes, I would agree. Right. But that that's not what complementarian theology is. Complementarian no. theology produces strong, godly men who do not approve of abuse. Uh, right. do not yell and scream at their wives. Uh, they lead out because of the grace of God. They lead, they aim to lead, um, you know, under the word and by the word and through the word. And mm -hmm. that's why we also have church discipline. 
So if a man errs or a woman errs, you know, we, 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 we talk, you know, um, and the same, same is true. This is, but the, I'm talking to men, but also for women, this is why we need strong women. How, like you were talking about, how can a woman face their trials, their suffering, their pain? Right. How, how can they disciple? How, how can they do all these things? Well, we know that from the Bible, we, we, we see the example throughout the history of the church. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it's tragic. It's sad. I think mm-hmm. a lot of this discussion goes back to a lack of understanding, I would argue, of what complementarian theology is, which, I mean, all they have to do is go online, go to the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. Uh, mm-hmm. All you have to do is go and get a, any book by Tom Schreiner on, uh, what, I think it's called Women's Roles in the Church. Mm-hmm. Um, it just came out a few years ago. There's a book by Wayne Grudem and John Piper, multiple books on complementarian theology. And study the view accurately. I guess what I'm saying is accurately represent it. Don't just say, you know, that's that's the that's one of the they argue uh, that that's one of the uh, top five biggest issues in the church, complementarian theology. I'm like, excuse me. Um, actually, no. What the biggest issue in the church is misrepresenting somebody's view and then wrongly uh, and and inaccurately, uh, you know, disparaging the view that you don't demonstrate. It's like it's like right in my book, the word matters. I had to demonstrate the view uh, that so that the reader understood you know, every, every, the counter arguments, and then I could bring the scripture to bear so that they could understand. If I don't do that, I'm misrepresenting yep. the view. And that's, I think that's my, my perspective here. Well, and my, and my, yeah. it, it's very simple. Yeah, we yeah. have the word of God and, and yeah. here's why we can look in Genesis and if complementarianism is not true, then why are we a help mate? Why right. are we to compliment? If they do it all of themselves and then God would not have made us to be able to come alongside and support and encourage and to strengthen and to build up our husbands. Um, we would not contribute to that right. um, because that's what patriarchy is. It, it, the view of that men are to do everything for the woman. We are not to, to, to I mean, we're supposed to do everything for the man. Um, we are not to you know read. We are not to study you know, you need to wear this. I mean, we get into kind of the Bill Gothard, but but we have to remember, we cannot add or subtract to scripture. Right. It's clear that God made two genders, man and woman. It's yep. clear, and that's it. Those are the only two. It's clear that God made us a helpmate, meaning we are to be able to help, meaning we are to be able to give counsel and to come alongside and encourage and strengthen them in areas that they're weak and they're to strengthen us and to protect us. And so you cannot get away from the word of God. And so from that very simple thing, that argument is blown. It's it's completely obliterated. Bombs away. (laughs) Because because women are helpmates. If we are helpmates, it means we are able to understand through the word of God, if we're reading how to help our husbands, the way we help our husbands is we read the word of God. We know theology. We use the gifts that we've been given and we strengthen our family through that. We strengthen the church through that, through other women using yeah. their gifts. And so I think that that argument is completely just, 
it's non-existent when we look at the word of God. From, from the very beginning, we see that husband is head, woman comes alongside as his helpmate to, um, to serve and to help and to strengthen and to build up, which is what they do, but it's also to give help. If we have nothing to give, the spirit would not have given us gifts to be able to use. If he did not want us to be the Proverbs 31 wives, if he did not want us to um, be able to have those gifts, he wouldn't have given us teaching and serving gifts, both to women and to men. Um, We just have to know how to use them in the roles that we're given. And so these women that aren't allowed to open their mouths or read a book or to contribute to um, the family um, with sanctification and how they're raising their children and how they're living their lives and how they're walking through trials um, and how they're using their gifts at church, they were, they have no voice. And that's not what complementarian is. We're to help and to be able to help is to be able to suggest and to come alongside. Otherwise, we have no voice. And that's not what scripture teaches. Absolutely. Oh, we're in agreement. <laughs> Big surprise there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and my, my, I just want to say, you know, my wife does this. Ama- she's amazing at this. Um, she, she will, you know, am I having a really bad day? She is such a help. She'll ask me a whole bunch of questions, you know, and then yes. um, she'll, she'll come alongside of me and encourage me. Um, and, and, and so many more, or if I'm having a bad health day or I'm, I'm sick or any, any number of things after I, after I've preached or on and on and on. I mean, she's just so good. You know, how did, how did you think that went? Or, you know, uh, you know, I really liked that or, you know, you could have done this better, you know, but (laughs) that's usually later when we're always, when we're later, uh, in private, but, uh, you know, she, she is, I mean, in a number in so many ways, you know. Well, and if it's, if it's, if it's not complementarianism and our husband is, is right all the time, which is completely unbiblical, meaning he doesn't sin, meaning he doesn't need to be corrected or rebuked, um, Hmm. or um, we have to understand that, that, that because we are husband and wife and we, we are flesh. We still have an unredeemed man. Both of us have that unredeemed man that there are going to be times that I need to look into my husband's life and say, honey, and he's going to do that. The same thing for me. If there's no such thing as complementarianism, then, then the man would be right all the time. And that's impossible. And the woman would not be able to speak into his life or the wife to, to be able to warn him away from that trial or that temptation or Mm -hmm. pray with him. It says we come together and we pray like why he would be doing everything right. If, um, if we, if, 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 if we have no role in complimenting and helping, then the Bible falls apart because God makes us his children, but we still have sin. Men and women who are saved still battle with the flesh. We hate our flesh. We battle with it. And when I'm at home and I'm battling with, my flesh and my husband speaks scripture into my life. When my husband is praying and he's sad and his heart is grieving for something and I speak scripture into my life, I'm helping, I'm complimenting. If there's no such thing as that, then the woman has no place to even use, to be able to use the word of God truthfully. And if the word of God is what sanctifies and changes and convicts, and we both have to be convicted because we're both sinners, then constantly men and women are being 
challenged and renewed by the spirit who convicts through the word of God. It's not just, it's not just the man, it's the woman too. And so if it's only men, then men would be the ones that need no correcting. And that's false. So it falls apart because we're all sinners. We all need the Lord. And that's why women get to come alongside their husbands in that way as well. If we don't know theology, if we don't know the word, how can I come to my husband and say, you know what, the word says this, and you've been struggling with this. And how can he do that with me? And then how can I respond if I'm not being sanctified by him growing me? And so it's a beautiful work. Complementarianism. It's beautiful. Um, when it's done in the, in the right ways, you know, I am not over my husband. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he is my leader, my protector, and he makes the decisions for our family. And I am so thankful for that. But I am so thankful that when I come to my husband and say, Hey, let's talk about this. Can we think about this? That I have a voice and that he takes it into consideration. He takes the words I'm saying, he prays through it. And then he makes the decision that is best for us. That's a beautiful thing. Can you imagine if women were in control? I mean, look what Eve did, right? But we still are able to use the gifts that God's given us, the sanctification we're growing in through the word to be able to compliment our husbands and mm-hmm. to be able to serve and to teach and minister in the church. We're all building blocks. Christ is the cornerstone, Amen. but we are building up that local body to be effective for the church. And so we use our gifts. And so once again, we look at it in, with wives here at the home, but we also have to look at it as, well, then a woman wouldn't have a spiritual gift if there was no complementarianism yeah. because she wouldn't be, she would not have the, she would not have gifting and the gifting is the same. It's used in different roles, but Christ equips the church through women's gifts and through men's gifts. And we use those. And so that is a complementarianism view is that we have we have hearts, we stand before the Lord, and we understand that we are to be sanctified and grow in our sanctification. And our responsibility is to, as a wife, is to help our husband. We can't do that if we don't know the word and grow in the word. Amen. But just as we wrap up this conversation before we, you know, go even further, <laughs> and we don't stop talking for like another an hour. Um, I know. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're but good. That's, that's you and I. I mean, we just go. Da, 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 da. So it's good. It's good. Well, just give us a few takeaways as we, you know, uh, wrap up this conversation, Brooke. Okay, so we're we're gonna we're gonna end the show soon, so that, that's good. Um, I, well, I wanna I want to um just tell ladies to watch the conference, obviously, because um we want them to grow in their theology. We want them to be godly wives and moms, and to use the word and and apply it in their lives, and to to have fruit from it to to not only benefit their husbands and their children, but at church when they serve and use their gifts. So read the word, study the word, find sound biblical teachers like the ones that I've told you. Um, I brought my book, Chronic Love, um, because it is a book that is written to women who are suffering with disease, illness, trials, um, and long suffering, chronic. And what does the word say about that? What does the word say when we go through trials? How are we content what does his word say about his sovereignty? What does it say about, um, and so it's, it's, um, that's a woman writing a book to a woman, um, and to caregivers and, and the strength that we need to have as we face this, what does the word of God say about that to women? So, um, we want to put sound resources in their hands. So Susan's books, um, you know, Aaron's husband, James Coates, um, anything that, that we reference is, uh, been heavily vetted and is a great resource for women. 
um, and their podcasts as well. So I would encourage women to watch the conference and to grow up and grow up in their spiritual maturity by learning from women like Martha Peace and Susan and, and all these ladies um, and their resources. And I'm excited about the conference. I, um, I'm excited about my book after the conference, finally, hopefully finishing it. So, um, so my first book in my teen trilogy is Godly Ever After. And I wrote it because once again, we need resources that are good for, um, for children, for teen girls and for women um, that have the word of God. And so I couldn't find a fiction book that, that did that. Um, and they became more and more worldly and premarital and vampires and witchcraft. And, and I couldn't find a book to put in my daughter's hand. And of course, we see all the transgender and LGBTQ with most books. Um, and this idea of ungodly romance, unbiblical, what does that look like? And so I wanted to put a book in the hands of girls. And so I have moms that read it with their teen daughters. I have college girls that read it. So it's a trilogy. The first book is in junior high. I'm writing the second book now. Hopefully, and Lord willing, it'll be done in three months. She's in high school. And the third book, she's in college. But you can get any of those books anywhere online and in stores um, at, at, cer at certain stores. Um, and so... Yeah, I I just want to thank Dave for letting me come on um, and talk about the conference and to prepare the ladies' hearts for the conference of growing in godliness and a godless generation. And and I just want to, um, yeah, just say, would you be in prayer for the ladies that will watch this conference, that they would, um, that there would be ladies that come to faith because we share the gospel throughout and um, that those that are saved and the, and the teen girls that watch it would grow in godliness. And so, yeah, that's pretty much what I want to say. We've covered everything. <laughs> well, very good, Brooke. Well, uh, ladies, we, we do want to say, uh, check out the conference uh, guys, encourage your, your wife to and other ladies in your church to, to watch this and to check out the other content as well. And the, the ladies are great uh, that speak here at the at Open Hearts. And so uh, thank you, Brooke, for taking the time out of your busy day and schedule to come and talk to us today. Yes, I appreciate it so much. It's July 10th through the 14th, but then it'll be on whenever you can watch it. It never goes away. And it's 830 to 11, Monday through Friday. Excellent lineup of ladies and just so thankful to the Lord for his his kindness to continue to use this as a resource for women. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.